You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! Welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And I guess this will count as our spooky episode, since Halloween is next week. Is it next week? I thought it was this week. Well, I get, yeah. I'm thinking well, about the weekend, not yeah. necessarily Halloween day. Halloween itself is next Tuesday, so a week from the time we are recording this. So, uh... What are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, this week we have the Ox Vintage. <laughs> I think it's Onyx. Ox? Onyx. Onyx? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yes, the Onyx. Vintage There's no Nicaragua. There's no T in it? There's no T in Onyx. Have you never spelled Onyx? <laughs> no. <laughs> don't you remember the band Onyx? <laughs> no. There was a band? Yeah, it was like an old rap group in the 90s. Wow. No, I did not know that. Slam! Da, 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 da. Hmm. I'm gonna... I kind of mixed I, metal I and rap back in the day before that was, like, cool. Yeah, like, go download some Onyx after we're done here. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, we've got the vintage Nicaragua. And uh, like the name says, this is an all-Nicaraguan cigar. And the... Uh, the vintage comes from the fact that uh, the wrapper is a Habano seed from 2019. Uh, so, basically, this isn't a limited edition cigar, though. It's there. It's going to be an ongoing cigar, but once they run out of 2019 tobacco, then it'll move on to another vintage of uh, <laughs> of tobacco. So this is supposed to be a, a new ongoing ongoing uh, series. I kind of feel like there needs to be. Some sort of a thing, because I just feel like vintage has just become a, a marketing ploy. Like, when I think vintage, I'm thinking, like, stuff from, like, the 1920s and 30s and stuff of that nature. Yeah, maybe the 50s. But, yeah, but now if you turn on vintage radio, it's shit from the 80s. Or, no, no, it used to be it's shit, probably from, like now it's the shit early, from the 90s. Early, like, 2000s. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's that's... If you ever want to feel old, just turn on the uh, the fucking oldies station, and it's like, ah, oh, goddamn it, it's the nineties. <laughs> this isn't old. Uh, and then you're like, oh yeah, I'm old. Fuck. <laughs> I don't need any help feeling old. I know every dude. We got chiropractor memberships. We we've officially. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this Onyx has a nut like you. uh set off our very brassy uh, bands. I mean, hey, Halloween, it is kind of the color of candy corn. We got the gold, then the white, and, uh, you know, black. Or, if you, you know... I mean, kind of like a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, it's kind of Halloween colors. I mean, that looks like a circle. Or, it looks like a saw blade. Which will go with this week's topic. We're talking about the brand new Saw movie. We went and seesaw. Or saw, <laughs> see, see. Yeah, something like that. Seesaw. <laughs> hey, do you want a seesaw? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I want to play a game. It's yeah, you know, it's a lot of up and downs in that movie. <laughs> uh, 
And if you've got to play a game, you should call in the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code uh, Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. Uh, keep you all caffeinated for those murder games. Yeah, I mean, nothing else. I'll just stand by and, you know, see if you have the desire to live or not. Okay, maybe it'll help you have the <laughs> desire to live. Uh, Moral support, I suppose. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how that works. What do you think of the the first? Uh, it's it's supposedly a medium medium plus cigar. Um, I'm thinking more medium. Um, right off the bat, um, it's relatively smooth. Um, I, I'm I'm still trying to get over whatever shit I had, so my my taste like is still not where it needs to be, but um you know, right right now more woody than anything. Um there is a touch of lingering spice on the back of the tongue. Um I'm not really sure. I'm going to have to get more into the cigar and see if maybe my, my palate will open up a little bit more because, you know, just right off the bat, I'm just like, I'm, I'm a Nicaraguan cigar smoker. Like, I, I love a good Nicaraguan. So I think my taste buds are just off. But, you know, it's leaving a little bit to be desired just right off the rip. Yeah, It's very... But, one note so far like i'm not i'm not tasting like a complex flavor i'm kind of getting like just one and see one that's, flavor that's out of kind of so where far. i am but I, i've still got some nasal shit and some throat shit going on so like smell influences so much of of taste and like i'm still kind of stopped up so I, i'm i'm not where i need to be to properly like <laughs> Try to so hopefully this cigar will loosen some shit up, and after the segment, I'll be able to actually talk about it in a little bit more detail. Yeah. Well, well, with that, would you like to play a game? The cancer is still spreading. I'm afraid there's nothing else we can do. There is one person who might be able to help. Our program is a two-pronged treatment outside Mexico City. The results have been stunning. She saved my life. You're in very good hands with us. After that, what happens then? Your whole life happens then. John Kramer. According to these scans, the tumor was never removed. How much time do I have? Months, at best. I still have a lot of work that needs to be done. Hello, everyone. It's time to play a game. You all pretended to cure me. But what I have planned for each of you is very real. And welcome back. Dust off your your Billy uh, puppets, because uh, Saw is back. And 
surprising. I mean, because this movie came out during all the strikes, so there was literally no promotion for this that I really remember seeing. I just kind of happened to drive by. I'm like, oh, fuck, there's a new Saw movie out? (laughs) Well, I listened to a lot of CZ's World and, you know, Kill Count and, you know, like, if there's a YouTuber covering horror-type stuff, like, so that's how it ended up on my radar. Plus, I'm like, it's really close to Halloween, like... We may have mentioned it on a previous news segment, but yeah, it was like one of those, like, there was no... I never, I never saw, like, an ad for it anywhere, and then, like I said, so I, I knew there was one coming, but I had no idea when, and then, like, I was kind of having to drive by the theater, I'm like, oh, Saw's out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, for for folks that are on the fence after maybe have seen Spiral or whatever... Um, I would absolutely encourage you to go see this. This is probably one of my all-time favorite Saul movies since yeah. the original Saul 1 and, and 2. I mean, we'll get into specific, but very different feel in in some ways to previous Saul movies that I and I kind of I kind of enjoyed it and I'll I'll expand on that a little more later, but yeah. And I was thinking to me that the the one trailer I think I saw for I'm like, when does this movie take place? Because pretty sure John Kramer died in like the third movie. <laughs> Did you see a body? <laughs> yes, he got autopsied in that in like the fourth movie. Yeah, but the same thing happened to Michael Myers and he still got up and stabbed people in the face, like you know. And this is one like cause we did a saw episode. I, don't oh, I mean, how... dude, I think that was like the infancy of our podcast. I think, well it was because we did talk about Spiral, because it was right after Spiral came out, whenever that was. So it, it was probably at least two, two, three years ago. <laughs> but it's been so long since I've watched them that I literally had to go, you know, go back and like I watched it, and then like the next day I, I went home and like watched uh, the kill counts recaps of all the other movies, so I could like remember what <laughs> what transpired. Well, I mean, and that's that's one of the great or one of the very bad things about this film, depending on how you is. This probably has one of the most convoluted um, story arcs and timelines out of any franchise out there. But in in the same thing, there's... Which... Saw likes to, like, drop a little thing in one of the movies and not... It doesn't pay off at all during that movie. And then, like, a movie or a movie... Or uh, two movies later that little thing that they showed you in the previous movie, finally like, oh, this is what that was. And I didn't realize at the time, because like, the plot of this movie, and it's not a prequel, not a reboot, it's, I don't think I've ever heard this term before, (laughs) midquel. It takes place between the first and second movies. So our original Jigsaw, a.k.a. John Kramer, is still alive. But, as we know from the previous movies, dying of cancer and he is trying to go to Mexico to have a experimental illegal treatment that supposedly will cure his cancer. Well, when I went back and started watching the recaps of all the previous movies, there is, uh, I don't remember watching which number it is, but he, but they have like this, all these people who work for an insurance company that tries to find ways to get out of paying for procedures and whatnot. And it shows how they got on his radar as yeah, he went his, in there. The, like the hit squad. Like, Hey, I'm, they... I'm 
trying to take uh, get this uh, approval for this uh, experimental treatment, and they re- refuse him. And I'm like, I wonder if that's where they got the plot of this movie. Is like when that oh yeah, th- him, that was him trying to get the money for the shit he did in this movie. So I was like, oh, it is. It's like yeah, they connect things in just like weird little ways that like don't pay off for like fucking years. But it's you know. It's just funny to me, you know, this is almost like, uh, oh, what is it, Saw 4 or 5, where the dude fakes being a, a Saw victim, does the book tour, and, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, you want to talk about some shit that you never experienced firsthand? Well, you know, come on, motherfucker. But at the end, uh, you know, most of the time, like, my dark psyche, like, I can almost get behind, you know, some of his philosophies. This one, I'm like, this just felt like pure vengeance. Like, you can say it's not personal and don't make it... This shit was absolutely personal. Yeah, that's kind of one reason why this is, like, one of my favorite of the franchise is because it's much more personal. Like, previously, he's very detached. He's very... I guess scientific in his uh, his approach to like I'm trying to cure the world by fucking people up, but I mean, and he rarely does his victims actually ever see him. It's all you know recordings and them dealing with the Billy puppet. Where this is very much he's in the room with them watching the shit going on, and it's like very much this is and the people that he is fucking up are despicable, horrible people. This is like the first movie where, like, Saw's kind of the good guy. You're kind of cheering for John Kramer in this film, which is but I vastly mean, different than, like, previous films. But that's one of the things I've actually really enjoyed about this franchise is most of the time it's like, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the the first Saw, for instance. Like, I get it, you're, you're fiending for your drugs, but you decide you're going to rob this, you know, clinic and you know, cause a, you know, fucking miscarriage or whatever, like, life for a life, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can absolutely get behind that, you know, that, like, you know, there's there's very few times, like, you know, that or I held the one where um, fucking uh, Chester from Lincoln Park, you know, is playing the skinhead <laughs> Nazi and has to peel himself off of the uh, glue to the, the car seat. <laughs> car like, seat. like you know, some of those, thing. like, I'm just like, it's over the top. It's great. I kind of love it. Like, uh, th- that's one of the things, like, not necessarily from either the vengeance or, you know, the, the moral compass aspect, but just to be like, what kind of crazy fucked up shit are they going to come up with? And who the fuck are they about to expire, inspire with the next ideas? Cause, uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, I, I'm so glad they, they kind of made this, uh, take place during the time of, of, uh, classic. Well, I mean, I kind of feel like with this franchise, cause there's Tobin bell, man. It's like, dude, he's just so good as that character. Like the, saw four five and six or whatever where it was like one of his protégés the the dirty cop being jigsaws was not as good as like when tobin bell was like the main the main guy this franchise absolutely will do anything 
to keep Tobin Bell around. Like, any way they can... Because they know that... I mean, he's such an iconic... I mean, dude, like... You I mean, know, it's it's like... When was having... the first movie? In 2004, I think? Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's... uh. 2003-ish? Yeah, because it's one of those, like, it's been around a while. Saw one... 2004 was the first Saw movie. So, yeah, almost 20 years of Saw at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, because those... It's, like, Spiral was, was not good. I mean, it well, just... Well, I mean, Spiral is what Spiral is, and it's not... You know, it, it was a know, copycat killer that was kind of inspired by Jigsaw, but he wasn't where John Kramer is an engineer and can build these elaborate traps. Everything was very rudimentary in, in Spiral. They weren't nearly as epic as the shit that uh, John Kramer built or even like the shit like that his protégés built based on like, hey, I've already I know I'm dying. I got a lot of work to do, so I'm going to go ahead and leave y'all with, like, plans and, and uh, like, you know, victim lists. <laughs> Take care of my shit after I'm gone. And I like where this starts off with him, like, in cancer treatment, talking to the doctors, and they're like, you know, we've done all we can. And you see him watching an orderly try to steal from another patient. And it is kind of the the image from like the poster of this movie is like a guy with like some kind of weird goggle hose thing on his head that's like making an X, which that's your first saw trap. And then it turns out it's not even real. It's like him in his head, like, all right, this guy, this guy's uh fucking shit up. Like, here's exactly how I'm gonna kill him. And then it like flashes back. Well, to and it's not even about you know, it's not even about killing him. It's you know. I'm going to make him, you know, show the value of life. And, you know, you can either play by the rules or you can, you know, face the consequence. But the like, dude's a uh, a janitor. So, like, the saw trap is, like, two vacuum hoses hooked up to the guy's eyeballs and his hand in, like, this traction machine. And he's like, all right, you know, you, you, you've got to stop your thieving way. So you got to crank the dial up, which slowly breaks each one of your fingers or... The vacuum is gonna suck out your eyeballs, <laughs> but like it goes to that whole thing, and I love the the image of like you know him failing, and you see there's like a little glass viewing window on the damn vacuum cleaner, so you see the eyeballs drop into the fucking thing at the end. Well, that was absolutely a uh, a fucking nod to Eli Roth and Hostel, <laughs> like yeah, you know, then, everybody remembers the damn eyeball scene from you know the Hostel film. I don't know why fucking with eyes, man, is like the. That just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like the one where he, the guy's like, you have a, a freaking key in your embedded in your head. You got to pull out your eyeball to get to the key, and it's like, oh, that that's probably one of the ones that like makes me like cringe the most is dude having like cut his own freaking eye out and shit. Uh, but uh, yeah, then it cuts back to the guy like changing his mind and putting the stuff back, and then he like kind of steps out and he's like, good choice. <laughs> <laughs> So he's, you know, he's like, you know, he's like, all right, this guy, you know, chose to amend his ways before I had to uh, test him. So, <laughs> but yeah, like that guy just like did but not know how he, close he came to fuck being fucked up. But would he have did that had 
somebody not have caught him in the act or witnessed it. You know, because it's real easy to have a sudden change of heart when it's like, oh shit, I could lose my job, I could lose my freedom, like, this is the wrong guy to fuck off in front of because I could actually lose my life. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know if... It wasn't really clear if he put the stuff back after he noticed John or he was doing that and then John stepped out. Like, I'd have to watch it again. To, but yeah, it's like... But I just like that, like, you've made a wise choice. <laughs> It's like, you don't know how close you came to getting your eyeballs sucked out, homie. <laughs> but I, I, I don't, you know. A lot of good twists in this film. However, I kind of pegged it, you know, from kind of from the get-go. Like, Rachel's like, I did not see that coming at all. And I was like, yeah, I kind of saw that. <laughs> Like, it's like, oh yeah, you're you're going for some misdirection, and this is this is where we're going. But I, I will say, like the, uh, I mean, it, it's a great film for these times because this is exactly how scammers work. Where, oh yeah, coincidentally you run into this guy, and then oh, there's this other guy. Oh wait, they're partners, and yeah. oh. This guy, you know, anytime somebody's like, oh, yeah, you know, it, it's my trusted and, and loyal, dr like, hold on. So I can't get my own means of transportation or, or anything else. Like, <laughs> you, the only radar you're trying to stay off of is that IRS one. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, like, I've experienced the going to Mexico and having a medical procedure and it is very much like that where it's like, all right, we have a guy that's going to come pick you up and then drive you across the border to our hospital. I mean, their version was a lot shadier. And when I got there, it was an actual hospital, not, you know, something in an abandoned warehouse. It wasn't warehouse. a uh, black van that cut you off and, you no. know, got you at gunpoint and was like. But we did get, you know, taken to a office complex. They didn't really have any, like signs on the outside. And it was, a, I mean, it was a really nice high-end hospital on the inside of this building, but it was very you know, low-key on the outside. But, yeah, so he's in, like, a cancer support group. And then later on, like, you know, and you see him, like, at a coffee shop somewhere, like, writing out his will, which they purposely, like, doesn't date it. So you're, like, you're still, like, not really sure where in the timeline this, this takes place. Uh, and then he sees a guy that was like from his cancer group that was you know, like, Hey man, you look, you're doing well. He's like, Oh yeah. I, uh, I found this doctor who has like a experimental treatment. It's, it's kind of illegal everywhere, but like, I, you know, and it's part drugs, part surgery. And he shows him a scar and he's like, they kind of change their locations, but here's this website still works. Like send an email here and maybe they can do something for you. And yeah, you know, and he's not a dumb guy, but at you know when you're at your, you're I mean, out what of else options. you got to lose? Yeah, uh, when you're you know you're out of options, he's like you know, and does like a looks like a decent amount of research. You know, for a scam group, they did a little like well, I mean, really it's just like the a good job know, of backing up their scam. Like, hey, we noticed some suspicious activity on your Wells Fargo account, and if you don't fucking look close, like. 
you know, they use all the Wells Fargo, oh yeah, you know, letterheads and all of that shit, and it's like, all right, fuck that email. Uh, let me go to my bank account because I'm not about to fucking click anything in yeah, there. Yeah, no shit. I mean, hell, I've seen emails come to us that look like they're from our boss, and then if you like, I mean, it even has like the right email address, but when you like hover over the email, it's like, oh no, that's just a hyperlink to a whole different email address. <laughs> it's like, I was like, yeah, this doesn't sound right. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna delete this. But yeah, it was like, I mean, they had websites and videos and every, like, hell, I'm not even sure if like the, the, the original doctor was actually like real and they were just using like old video of this guy to set up this fucking scam. But yeah, of all the people to rip off, <laughs> these people decide to scam John Jigsaw fucking Kramer. And then he just basically becomes Batman. <laughs> it's like, this is, this is like the one movie where you're like, there, there is not a finer girl you're cheering for. It's like, nah, like, kill these motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'll say that the, uh, you know, the the young drug addict girl, like, you know, and, and maybe that's because you know you you flash back to, you know, Amanda's test and everything else, and you know, but like that's the one that's like. Well, fuck. Like, yeah, you fucked up. You did what you're supposed to. And, well, uh, fate decided a different thing. <laughs> yeah, because he gets picked up by... A, I mean, it, they've got, you know, the guy who's the... Uh... But it is kind of strange, though. Like, I've never gone to a hospital or, like, hey, you're about to be prepped for uh, surgery. Um, Here's some, you know local tequila that's <laughs> like supposed to be good luck or whatever and it's like well the doctor says like well you got you got surgery tomorrow you can't uh, have any of that yet but yeah so it's just kind of weird that you would bring that out like knowing like hey these people are going to be you know in surgeries and on medications like maybe i'm doing something wrong maybe i should start drinking tequila <laughs> before my procedures uh yeah, I mean, and they even got the guy who's, like, wrapping up his procedure. Like, you know, so it's like, like, oh, there's a guy leaving uh, as I'm coming in who's, you know, so obviously this shit's not, you know, I'm not, not the only one doing this. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they got the, uh, he's a, a taxi guy that uh, picks him up and, and takes him to the medical center, which is in some, like, I do like it, like he when he's hanging out on the property, he sees like these antennas and shit. So like after he wakes up from his surgery, he's in a hotel away from the thing. But he's like the the girl was that supposedly like you know ran the house, uh, who turned out to be a Gabriella, who turned out to be a local drug addict that was part of the the scam. Uh, he's like, I want to thank them because, you know, of course he like they give him like a drug cocktail. So they probably jacked him up full of, you know, fucking B vitamins and whatever else. So he actually felt better. You know, as soon as the medication wears off, you know, cancer's going to (laughs) come take him out. But, uh, yeah, it's like all part of the scam. You know, they wake up, you know, like, Oh yeah. You know, probably gave him something that's going to boost his mood for a few days. Whatever that cocktail was, I'd probably just try to keep, you know, cause like, Hell, it made you feel better. Or it could have just been the power of suggestion. But then again, like, even if it's a power of suggestion, like, I mean, 
you know, that's oftentimes a lot of the make or break, you know, for any kind of procedure, right? Is your mentality, you know, going into it and your mentality coming out of it. Like, that's the difference, you know, I think a lot of times, like, you know, people break bones and it's like, no, I'm going to get back on track. I'm going to mend myself. These, you know, like, verse. Well, I broke a bone. I better, you know, not use it, not do anything for, you know, eight months. Like, well, if you don't work that, like any muscle, like you're, you're going to lose yeah. that muscle. And some things you lose and you don't get back. That's why they make hymns for men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, he's smart enough to like see the antennas from his hotel and like, all right, based on these measurements, that place I was at has to be in, like, this location. And goes over there to, like, you know, he's going to bring a bottle of uh, Gabrielle's tequila to thank her for being nice to him. And then he's like, there's nobody here. And here's the the fucking hospital rooms abandoned. And, oh, wait, here's a fucking DVD of, like, <laughs> brain <That's> surgery. <laughs> and he's like, because he hadn't taken his bandages. He's like, oh, don't take your bandages off. We'll come by and change your bandages in a couple days. It, just, it needs to stay dry. And he, like, pulls it off, and it's like, there's nothing there. And he's like, motherfuckers. <laughs> you scammed me. <laughs> and this taking place earlier in the series, Amanda is uh is back as well. And, yeah, so he calls homegirl, like, hey, Come on down to Mexico. We got some. Uh, we got some work to do. <laughs> you know, Shawnee Smith returning as Amanda Young. But like the first dude he he gets because he like you know remembers homeboy like showing him some like landmark in Mexico. He's like the fucking tourists always want me to take him here, and he's basically just hung out and waited till the homeboy showed up <laughs> with some tourists and kidnapped his ass. And his like first little you know dude wakes up with like two explosive devices like hooked to his arms. And it's like, yeah, you know, your only way out is to cut him out of your, <laughs> give us your pound of flesh. But before then, he had... I mean, I guess that was high enough up on the forearms, because, like, I was looking at that, and I'm like, man, there's a lot of veins, a lot of shit there. Like, you start cutting and digging, like, especially just having fucking X-Acto knives, like, yeah. like you get you got no precision. Yeah, he's like, playing basic every 40 hands. He's like, you got, you got scalpels, he's like... I haven't had time to build anything cool, so it's best I can do with some like C4 and some duct tape. <laughs> but before then, he questioned him and found out where all the motherfuckers that were involved. One guy, the the anesthesiologist, you know, you know the uh, whatever the uh, cab driver was also the fake doctor. The anesthesiologist is literally like a local vet tech, uh, and then uh, I forgot what the the other girl involved, uh, what her deal was in in the real world. So one of the girls, she was just basically, you know, the ner- their rape their girl. Nurse. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> hey, I need a quick fix, like any means necessary. And <laughs> gets jacked up in the bathroom. Oh, uh, but yeah, like said, this one's like so much more personal. Like it's like normally it's like people are dealing with a recording or whatnot, but they literally like he's in the room watching them. Like they, they can see him watching them up on like, you know, in a, you know, in a balcony, like office in some kind of industrial building, which I believe it's the ends up being the same building where they had the, the surgery. But yeah, homeboy, like the first dude is like with the, uh, 
yeah, like and like everyone has to watch each other go through the tests, which is you know them being they're being in like an audience for each person's like test is like just up the horror factor. Like, do, can you imagine like watching someone go through a saw test and knowing you're like you know that's gonna be me eventually? <laughs> yeah, like I'm about to be next, and there there is no refusal or you know easy way out. You know, now granted, like, I guess, I guess at least with actual jigsaws traps, there is a way to win. And but he promised by you, and if you large, win, you're going to be fucked up, but we're going to, I forgot what movie it was where it showed like the saw survivors, uh, you know, group and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of feel better now because I went through this thing and the one was like, Motherfucker, I just lost my arm. How is this, like, helping me? <laughs> Where it's like, I guess, you know, results vary on uh, surviving a jigsaw one. Well, I mean, you know. At the same time, you get some pretty badass bragging rights. Be like, yeah, I did this. Yeah. Like, if you don't come out more empowered, like... <laughs> you survive a saw trap, you either leave... Uh, Become his apprentice, or you're just kind of traumatized and <laughs> disabled afterward, but you're still alive. You get like a get out of, you know, saw free card, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I got uh, this uh, sweet scarification here on my side, you know. <laughs> anyway. So. But yeah. Oh, yeah. The first guy, he's like, he's like, you got to like do brain surgery on yourself. He's like, it's possible to like, you know, your brain will heal after like, you know, cutting out hunks of it. So. You need to cut out a certain amount of your brain and put it in this in this fucking vial. And that, that that to me, like, I was like, that's kind of where it goes against, like, the rule. Like, like even if you were to cut the brain and, it, like, to be like, oh, it's going to slowly eat away the brain, like, to, to go on the scale. And it's like... You know, if you've gone through the exercise, like... And he only gives him, like, three minutes, too. So I'm like, was it possible to survive these? Or he's like, it's, it's the illusion of survival. I mean, yeah, technically he could he could have got enough, but yeah. And then the thing, like, closes on his head and, like, fucking fries his ass. It's like a damn, like, Iron Maiden, but Aztec. Yeah. And then you got other homegirl who's, uh... That's... that's... Like, once it closes, like, I just kind of laughed out loud. Granted, like, there were two other people in the auditorium with me, so. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, I got a fucked up sense of humor. That's that's just how it is. <laughs> uh, and then you got the other, the other lady who's hooked to a thing that's, like, going to slowly guillotine her. And it's like, all right, uh, you've got to... Uh, pull out bone marrow <laughs> a certain amount of bone marrow to like so it's like here's you like an ancient uh bone saw like fucking uh, like uh whatever cable saw so you gotta <laughs> tourniquet yourself up and cut your leg off <laughs> and then pull out you know a, a, enough of uh, bone marrow to uh satisfy the the sacrifice here or it's gonna like chop your head off i don't feel like that belt would have been enough of a tourniquet <laughs> probably not i mean you gotta yeah, I mean, you really pinch. gotta wrench. You, you gotta know. be able to twist it and shit. I don't think you're gonna get enough. Uh... <laughs> like, I, 
Unless it was like a specialized belt where you just have eyelets, you know, running down the entire way. But it's like, yeah, because no, if you're going to use a belt, you got like, you know, put a stick or something in there to like tighten it down. You're not going to get enough force just tightening a belt like regularly. But yeah, that was one that kind of made me hurt because I'm like, not only did I just, you know, have to fucking saw through all the flesh, bone, sinew, and everything else, but. Now I gotta jam this fucking thing up into the exposed bone, like <laughs> suck it out. Ugh. Like I don't see. <laughs> or what about using her fucking intestines for a rope? They're like they've left us alone in this room for a second. Like we can get a, we can get the phone that's on that cart, but we're gonna need to we're gonna need a rope to get it. <laughs> they fucking yank out homegirls like intestines and start trying to lasso them. <laughs> like I almost laughed there and then. No, I, I absolutely did. Like <laughs> I was just like. Ropes. I'm like, oh, this is gross, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> Always, why do you have that stupid fucking rope? <laughs> uh-huh. All to, you know, be like, ha, it was a ploy. I knew that was going to happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because, like, yeah, they wanted, they couldn't, you you hear John on the phone with someone, uh, I'm assuming it's the detective uh, apprentice. Like, of course it's fucking Hoffman. Of yeah. course it is. And it's like, yeah, thanks for finding all these people for me. He's like, yeah, I couldn't find the one guy. You're you're gonna have to figure that one out on your own. And I figure he meant dude that back in America that you know told him about the fake thing. But apparently it was the other patient that was in on the whole deal because <laughs> that's who. She called because turns out it's secretly the main girl, uh, Cecile's boyfriend, who's who's in on the whole thing. So yeah, they they let them get the phone that you find out later to to lure him in so they could uh, <laughs> add him to the to the game. Uh, but at least he came rocking a Glock. <laughs> yeah, but to back it up, kind of few things that like you know we said this was a very personal movie for Jigsaw's character. But also, I liked having Amanda back because there was that kind of conflict with her, too, where she's like, Gabriella, she's like, this this is me. Like, I, I was there. I know what a demon this is. Like, Yeah, where you know, he's trying to, like, it's kind of like, a, I guess, a test of her to see if, like, you know, hey, you're going to have to take this over someday. Are you, are you going to be able to do this without emotional involvement? And she's kind of conflicted about whether or not, I mean, we should punish this. She you out know, out of all the people in the group, she was probably the least kind of responsible for what what happened. You know, she was kind of in a in a place where she felt that she had to do this to survive. But uh, but he's like, no, like yeah, she fucked up, but and she has the same chance everyone else has of <laughs> surviving this shit. But I'll, I you know I do like where you know she showed a little bit of you know, kind of leadership or, you know, it's like, all right, fine. I'm going to do this, but this dude's next. Yeah. You know, because she's not going to survive this test. Yeah. (laughs) But I I love when she's like, you know, you could save me. And she's like, I just did. You don't realize it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm going I'm to give you the one that's probably going to suck, but have the most uh, <laughs> option for you to survive. And when it is finally her turn, it's like a, 
using a freaking x-ray machine as a blowtorch what nearly. I feel like when I'm on a cell tower just <laughs> getting baked by RF like here I am take me yeah and she's chained up by like one hand and one leg and she's like you're gonna have to break your hand and foot to like get out of the thing while this thing is cooking you and she <laughs> that moment when she when she like breaks like the first like her foot and like swings away out, out from a She's like, oh, I'm su- I've survived. And then, no, the thing that starts resetting itself is like, fuck, I gotta <laughs> break the other thing now. It's like that like little slight moment of relief, like, oh, yeah, I did it. And then it's like, uh, no, fuck, I'm still in the trap. <laughs> but, I mean, what are you, you just going to dangle there? That's got to be uncomfortable as fuck, too. Yeah. Like, trying to get the strength to whack yourself hard enough to break your hand when you're, like, just hanging there. <laughs> I mean, somebody should give her a baseball contract. Yeah. But she does survive, and he's like, "All right, you know, we need to get her some medical attention." You know, he's you're true. But then, turns out, you know, guy shows up, and they're like, "He's like, I'm just a victim too. I want my money back." And he's like, "All right, yeah, we'll we'll take care of you, man. Just only rule is don't use the gun, and you know, just kind of hang out, watch what we're doing, and uh, you can go about your business once we're done with these people." But but I mean, that could never in reality happen. Per se. it's like. You know, if you're behind the pig mask or whatever and there's no positive I didn't maybe you could leave the loose end. But, you know, he knows you, he knows your apprentice like <laughs> it, you Yeah, know. and at this point you don't obviously John knows he's not who he says he is, but as an audience, we don't know if this just another victim or an accomplice yet. You know, we don't get that till till like all Saw movies. You get the uh, the flashback at the end where it shows like how everything was actually connected and how you know Jigsaw was ahead of the game this whole time. But yeah, as an audience member, it could go either way. This guy could be just another victim or a secret accomplice, uh, which you find out that later on that you know he when he tortured the first guy, he gave up everybody, including uh, this dude. But yeah, like you know, he ends up freeing the girl, and she ends up killing freaking Gabriella. Which I think this, because if you remember in the later movies, Jigsaw and Amanda had a falling out because she was like, no, the she was rigging traps that yeah, had where no there escape. was no survival because she was like, no, you're you're. Your idea of everyone deserves a shot is like, no, these people are fucking trash and they need to die. I kind of think that's where she flipped was that, you know, because she's like, you know, Gabriella survived and then this bitch killed her. Like, these people don't re- deserve John's redemption. So it's like that kind of uh, attitude flip we see in the later movies. I think this is where that, <laughs> this incident is what, you know, triggered her to be like, nah, fuck these people. They all need to die. <laughs> just crazy to me the amount of... Like, where do you have all of this shit at your disposal? Just at the ready. Like, and it's like, yeah, I'm a civil... It's like, wouldn't you be like a mechanical engineer or something like that? Like, it's like I can help you plot lines. Yeah, he's like yeah. civil engineer and an architect. I think he's you know, he designed buildings at some point. But yeah, he's like a fucking could be building shit for NASA instead of like murder machines. 
or you could be building murder machines for NASA, you know, like some of these Boston, you know, we, we need a, a jigsaw set in modern times and see what he can do with a Boston Dynamics dog. <laughs> oh, God. We've already seen that, you know, Terminator is already a thing. Just go back and watch those. It'd be True about enough. the same. <laughs> Can we get Tobin Bell in a uh, fucking Terminator movie? <laughs> but yeah, and this is also like the first... They've, we, we said about this being like a personal, more personal story for him. You get to see a lot more heart out of him. Like you see him like befriend the, the local kid who's whose father yeah, is like the, the caretaker you know, and he's like fixes you know bike wheel and stuff and yeah he's like doesn't speak english he's like what you know push he's like or no pull he's like he tells him like the word for pull and he's like he's like and then of course like kids outside playing so he's like oh no we're gonna we're gonna see what happens when he has to has to watch a of an actual innocent person die like and you know like I said before he I mean, that's how he found out the plot is he was going to go take a thank you gift to Gabriella. So you like, you see him like, Oh, like, in, unless you end up on his list, he's actually like a nice dude to people who aren't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so weird seeing him being nice and caring to people. <laughs> it, it, it just added like a weird dimension to the character that we've not seen before. And it was like, is, is Jigsaw the hero of this story? <laughs> this is fucking wild oh i mean that's just like you know after you know each test where the victim survives you know he's right there by their side with a first aid kit that must be one of the world's most badass first aid kits like (laughs) well like some some bandages and some gauze is not doing a whole hell of a lot here (laughs) well if you remember like uh how fucking uh his other apprentice was was the doctor. So later on, I mean, he had a a surgeon on call. Like, hey, just fuck this dude up. Can you come uh, <laughs> fix this guy? I'd be like, uh, uh, I don't think we can do anything here. <laughs> Johnny's alive, but he's got you know third degree burns over ninety percent of his body. So, <laughs> so skin graft. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah. So she's like, "You're gonna, you know, locks Amanda up," and he's like, "You're gonna be a part of your own, uh, your own test." And it's like waterboarding people with blood is probably one of the most metal things I have <laughs> I have seen. Where it's like, speaking of seesaws, they put him on a seesaw <laughs> with the kid, and he's like, he's like, tells him like. No pull, no pull. Like that's the, yeah, because the, the one's so it's like basically, they're on like a little balance beam. If one side goes down, it pours blood on their, tries to drown them in blood. But then if you can kind of pull the cord, it'll switch back to the other guy, and uh, and you can kind of back and forth, and I guess like you know give each other breaks and survive the thing. But he tells the kid like, no, don't pull. Like I'm, yeah, you know, I'm gonna take this. And that little kid too, like eventually is like. Like no, I'm not gonna let you die. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a break here, and, until they, you know, finally leave them to their thing and wander off upstairs to find the money. And then they, of course, like, like, I was wondering, like, I mean, there's the greats. I mean, he he's an engineer, but I'm like, at some point, 
When does the blood run out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that the game? There's only like three minutes worth of blood, so y'all gotta y'all gotta keep sharing the oxygen until. <laughs> but yeah, you know, as soon as they leave the room, Amanda and him like you know pop their chains because they they were expecting to end up this way. But I guess they pretty much thought it was. I gonna thought be... it was kind of weird too. Like, why did you not pop the chain sooner? Because it's not like. Ding! Here's a key. Okay, we undid our locks. Like, well, they kind of had to wait until they left the room because they had to fall into the other trap, which was the act. The actual trap was the upstairs in the office. When they go upstairs to like uh, find out, you know, finds out the gun is like you know disabled, <laughs> and they're locked in the the office, and it's like, oh yeah, we're filling the room with uh, basically a neurotoxin and. Only there's only like air for one person. You got to stick your head through this hole, and they have to like you're like are y'all gonna, you know, share or you, you, you your partners here are gonna have to kill each other. And I ever second, it's like wait a minute, like the final trap we put them in, obviously took two people, and you were the last survivor. Who was the second person that was gonna go in that trap? And then I got you, motherfucker. And then we get the flashback of like him knowing the whole time that. Homeboy was actually an accomplice and not another victim. And, you know, and he looks at me and he's like, well, it's not exactly how we planned it. Uh, Cause I guess he figured it was going to be him and Amanda in the, in the, the dual person trap instead of him and the kid. He's like, but it, yeah, like I said, it was going to work out one way or another. <laughs> Wasn't exactly how we planned this one, but it still kind of turned out how we wanted it to. It's kind of weird too, that like, should you find yourself overpowered and in one of your traps that, you don't have like a fucking, you know, hidden, you know, recess or, you know, something like to. Maybe that's why in the future movies he's like never on scene. He's like, <laughs> he's got some accomplice watching the whole thing or like another victim. You're like, all right, you have to sit here and watch these traps. Because <laughs> he's like, did that shit once in Mexico and almost got fucked up myself. So I'm going to make sure I'm off site when the shit's going on. <laughs> That's why he was always like watching remotely from then on out. He's like, yeah, I tried to watch that shit in person once. I nearly got fucked up myself. Got blood bordered. It sucked. And then he gives like the, the millions of dollars these people had stolen, like gives it to like the little Mexican boy at the end. He's like, you are a true warrior. I mean, whatever the kid's name was, <laughs> but he's like, uh, yeah, it was, kind of, you know, he's like, yeah, here's the money. Go have a life kid. He's like you, 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 you've got balls. You've like, you're fucking 10 years old and you survived, uh, you know, you tried to like save me, like <laughs> just kind of weird that you'd just be like, "Hey, here's a handbag full of cash." Like, a little kid does not stand a chance on the street of Mexico with that. <laughs> He's gonna get jacked immediately. <laughs> exactly. But then again, it'd be like, "Motherfucker, I survived Jigsaw. I'll fuck you up." <laughs> or do we get like Saw Eleven, and it's like the kid is all grown up, and he's now like the new Saw. <laughs> He became John's, well, we like, already, secret fourth apprentice. We already know, you know. See, that's one thing, like, remember the the killer that was revealed in uh, Spiral was kind of Hispanic looking. Like, I'm surprised they didn't tie it in that, like, that kid grew up to be the kid in Spiral, or the dude in Spiral. That would have it's kind of not brought a copycat. It... it it is an apprentice. Yeah, like that would have kind of made that movie a little more. But there's I guess, a part lot of, the of series. There's a lot of open ends here. Yeah, because uh, Cecilia like survived. She 
she stuck her head through the hole, end up killing her partner and sticking her head through the hole. So I don't know if like, you know, Mexican cops show up and find her <laughs> stuck there. And he's like, he's like, I'm, all right, as I'm leaving, I'm going to drop a dime on this bitch. So they uh, arrest her for the whole scam thing. You know, she survived. I'm not going to kill her, but I still think this bitch should go to jail or she show up for some kind of revenge at some point. <laughs> but once again, that kind of goes back to that whole loose end thing. Like, hey, they always give us a couple little loose ends that, you know, get tied up in other films, but I don't know, this almost felt like... You know, be like, oh, the cops came. Yeah, uh, this guy that calls himself Jigsaw? Yeah, it's John Kramer. We, <laughs> we we have all of his documents. But again, you know she's a a criminal, so it's like, if I brat him out, I'm gonna, yeah, go to prison for all the shit I've done. <laughs> so it's like... But, I mean, you were probably going to prison anyway, right? Like... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It could, yeah, it's like a couple loose ends in this uh, in this film. But then you get kind of a post-credit where you see uh, Hoffman, and they've got he's like, I found the guy, and they they they, they went and found the the dude that had like recommended the doctor to begin with, <laughs> and sure enough, he was part of the scam. He's like, oh, you don't even have a scar. What what happened there? Where's your scar, Henry? <laughs> And, and yeah, even Hoffman's like, dude, of all the people you chose to rip off, you chose to rip off him. <laughs> this is what I call bad luck, dude. Because <laughs> even Hoffman's just like, bro, it's <laughs> y'all fucked up. <laughs> like, I, like I can't even do the whole like creepy jigsaw voice on you because this this is fucked up, dude. Y'all y'all picked the wrong man to fuck with. This is <laughs> kind of hilarious. Which I kind of wanted to see how his little. I don't know. He had some kind of like robot spider thing on him that looked like he was gonna like chew his guts out, but we didn't get we didn't get a payoff on that. We didn't get to see how <laughs> how that guy died. We but. will next Halloween. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if they do that. We we start getting more Saw movies, but they set them between Saw movies so we can keep Tobin and Bell around for a few, uh, like, few more films. It's like yeah, this this timeline isn't really convoluted as you think. Like we're just gonna piece this together here. So that it makes so like we're gonna have to do like you know Star Wars. Okay, start with Saw Ten, then watch <laughs> Saw One, watch Saw Two, skip to the Spiral, go back to Saw Four. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like that conspiracy meme where you see the guy with like all the little uh, threads connecting all the photos and shit. Like that's gonna be us explaining Saw to someone someday. <laughs> I mean, we got a lot of wall to work with. Can we can we post twenty years of? And this person's connected here and here and <laughs> those two, and then it branches out and goes up here, and then. <laughs> and then there's, there's a flashback, and then there's the secret guy over here. Uh, and then so... and then we rebooted, and nothing ever happened. <laughs> and then he met John Connor, went back, and, in and time. John Kramer just wakes up like, "Damn, I was a fucked up dream." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I should talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like, wouldn't that be some shit? Be like, and none of this happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's that it's that guy from like the one movie that had the fake story. <laughs> it's all from his book. <laughs> I just wrote all this shit. Jigsaw never never existed. I made all of it up. 
Oh. Well, I mean, it does say at the end that, you know, the movie is based on, you know, fictional characters that, you know, any... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what do you think about our traps we got this time? How Better or worse than previous traps we've uh, we've seen? Or is this like, oh, we're back to old school Saw. This is like on the level of the shit we've, we've previously seen. I mean, you know, they were... By and large, pretty rudimentary, um, which I kind of like, you know, when you start getting into the grand designs and everything else, and it's like materials, like, somebody's going to be piecing. cat and mouse game. Exactly. But then, again, then if you look at the time that this movie is actually set... It's kind of early on in the Saw. So maybe he's still kind of perfecting his craft like, at this like point. Like, did, did, you know, he's like, bro, you survived. Here's your cut of the cash. He takes a cut of the cash to try to fund the operation. Yeah, because if you think back to Saw 1, it was just two dudes in a basically an escape room with a with a saw. You didn't have, like, the elaborate traps that you got in all the previous movies. So, yeah, maybe he... Gave the kid some of the money, and he's like, now I've, I've got a couple million dollars. I can build all kind of crazy shit to fuck people up. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, if you're paying for anything electronic, like... Cause I, yeah, I hey, about this that. First... dude just bought a shitload of metal and a shitload of machinery, like... Hmm. Hmm. Like... Uh, you're the apprentice. You put it on your card. You're the fall girl. You're the fall guy. Like, <laughs> but he never really takes that approach either. So yeah, there's, you know, is he just cru- <laughs> saws cruising like you know junkyards on the weekends, picking up scraps and shit. But at the same time, I want to know where he's training, like Amanda and shit. Like, just her ability to be like, oh, you're in the backseat and shatter the glass. Yeah, she's like oh. a fucking ninja, like, showing up and murking like, dudes. Like, okay, when we're not testing individuals, we're testing ourselves. We're building our minds. We're building our bodies. <laughs> Jazzercise. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, Hoffman's got the skill set of, he's a trained investigator. He's, he was a cop, you know. Uh, other dude was a doctor. It's like, Amanda was a junkie, but she's the one that's, like, fucking appearing out of nowhere and, like, breaking into houses and, and kidnapping people for his... Yeah, he's like, it's like Batman or something. Like, I'm going to send you off to, like, Japan to train with the ninjas for a year to <laughs> get all these skills you need. We have a Shaolin monk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll teach you the the art of invincibility, invisibility, <laughs> all the things, uh, all the abilities. Yeah, that's, like, that's just the thing that's never been explained in the Saw movies. How, how'd they get so good at sneaking? <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess you just really, really don't want to get caught. Or you just hide in plain sight. <laughs> you know, I, people only care when you seem to care. So if you don't care and you go about your business nonchalantly. It's like, you know, the ultimate uh, gray man approach. It's like, you know, you just kind of just look like everyone else and until it's time to not look like everyone else. <laughs> just walking around with a backpack on. Let me pull my, my pig mask out of my backpack and go to work. But yeah, I, I you know, by and large, I thought the... Uh, you know the traps were pretty good. The the seesaw thing was a little bit over the top. Like, 
Bloodboarding. Like, where, where'd you... <laughs> where do you get that much blood? Exactly. Like, <laughs> like I mean, um, I, I get, you know, like, where they were in, like, the, the pig slaughterhouse and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You just got, you know, fucking vats of, you know, pig carcass everywhere. But, you know, even those resources are finite. Like... But then, too, like, the... I, I don't know, like the whole thing, like where he takes the dude's gun, and I mean, I've never tried to reload ammo, but if you're gonna disassemble and reassemble bullets, like I feel like that's gonna take a little bit of time. I mean, it would have been a simpler just to remove the firing pin. <laughs> but yeah, he's like taking the lead out and draining the the uh, the fucking uh, powder out of the individual shells. I'm like, dude, just open that thing up and take the firing pin out. <laughs> It's going to be a lot less complicated. Uh, you're an engineer. You should be able to figure out. You know, like, No, I have to do the complicated approach. But then again, I think it was like Saw 2 where we started getting some of the shotgun traps and stuff. Like, this was... Oh, shit. I need to learn something about firearms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. I I found a, a spot where my skills are lacking. I've got to got to learn I got to learn the pew. Oh. But yeah, like I, I don't know. Those are some of the kind of the things that I'm just like, you know, that's what made like the original saw like anybody has access to a hacksaw and some chain. Like to disassemble a fucking x-ray machine and put it on this like tracing mechanism and everything like yeah it's like how long were these people like you know drugged and unconscious because that seemed like it took a long time to build that shit <laughs> i mean we, that's one thing we've we've not really got well i can't remember three or four it showed a little bit of them like building stuff but yeah we need like an a-team like montage of like uh yeah them building devices <laughs> But I don't know. Then again, there are probably so many Easter eggs. Like, you know, just going back and watching, you know, some recaps. And it's like 175 Easter eggs you missed. Yep, I missed 174 of those fuckers. Yeah, well, we do see him, like, when he's, I guess, recovering in Mexico. And he's, like, you know, sitting on the balcony having a, having a co coffee or whatnot. He's got his little notebook there. And he's, you see, like, as he's, like, you know, flipping through his notebook, there's sketches for some of the traps you see in the, the earlier slash later movies. So he's, like, sketching out the fucking head claw thing. Uh, it, or, oh, yeah, the, the reverse bed bear trap. Yeah, you see, you see that as one of the, like, little diagrams in his, his notebook that he's uh, sketching on. I'm like, that's cool as shit that it's, like, that it's, you, you kind of see some of that, that stuff uh, being made or designed uh early on yeah I, I i don't know i kind of wish they would do another like you know the original saw they did you know like the making of kind of wish they would do some like now that we've gotten into some more complex stuff like the making of like the props yeah i, I yeah. would i would like to see like how like the 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 Hollywood design, you know, prop master, how they design these, these fucking thing, these, these traps that they come up with. 
because I've not watched a lot of the behind the scenes of any of the Saw movies, but that would be something the, worth watching, here's like the a documentary crazy on part. building that shit. Somebody actually had to think, build, and execute. So somewhere out there is the actual jigsaw. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and they probably work for like, you know, a haunted house somewhere. <laughs> Dude, speaking of haunted houses, what the hell is with the lack of chainsaws this year? I don't know, like the only chainsaw I hit was like there was a chainsaw at Netherworld, but yeah, it's like we've been to three haunts so far this this season. And no chainsaws in like the last two. I mean, this is just kind of like. Has, all right, has gas just gotten too expensive? Yeah, <laughs> they can't, they can't afford, or is it like <clears throat> two of the haunts we went to? They kind of end inside the building. Is it like a fire code now? We're like, oh no, you can't have a running chainsaw inside the house anymore. It's got to be somewhere outside where they didn't have like an outside part. <laughs> but yeah, it was like I was like, oh, that's weird. There's no chainsaw on this on it. And then we went to another one. Like, the fuck's a chainsaw, man? Like, is everyone like, oh, that's like too cliche now? Like, motherfucker, it's classic for a reason. <laughs> that's how you know you're done. It was like literally, we walked out of the first one and we're like, is it over? There's no chainsaw. There's nothing that tells me like this is over. <laughs> when I see the chainsaw guy, I know like, oh, we've we've reached the end. But there was no like. No closure in these two haunted houses that we went to. So yeah, that that was a, a, a we didn't uh, we didn't see elevators either. But <laughs> but yeah, it was like the where the fuck's the chainsaw guy? I don't know. It's kind of disturbed me because it just, just kind of leaves you like you know where you're like, oh, this is we're outside now. We exited. And that's where you like let your guard down and chainsaw. Yeah, exactly. Although. Although I did almost get taken out by one girl trying to run back through the haunted for some reason. <laughs> yeah. It's like, shit, are we playing football right now? Because I'm about to body check you. Like, <laughs> uh. But yeah, I mean, overall... I, I, I don't know. Saul's one of one of the franchises that's way up there on my list. Um, and this this film surpassed uh, all expectations that I had. Well, as we kind of wrap up our game we've been playing, what are you thinking of uh, this cigar? One dimensional. Yeah. And 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 maybe that's not just as complex the, as a saw trap. The uh, the puro, um, but. You know, what flavor's there, I mean, it tastes like all Nicaraguan tobacco with a little bit of spice from the Habano, and, and that's what you get. Like, you, you're not, yeah, it's, you know, it's not an overly complex. It's it's vastly different than in most cigars that AJ has a uh, a hand in. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's not complex. It, and and that, it's a solid example of a cigar. If you want a cigar that a, a cigar ass cigar that has like one flavor throughout, it's consistent is the best thing I can say about it. And it's decent amount of strength. It's in that medium range, but for guys like us who smoke a lot, it's kind of boring. It's there's not a lot of complexity see, like, to it. And 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 that was you know the thing that 
you know, I, I, I know I'm not tasting the cigar properly right now because I've still got a shit ton of mucus draining down my throat that, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to cough into the mic. Not going to cough into the mic. <laughs> you know, was, so like, I thought you know, my, you know, palate was kind of skewed. So it's it's interesting that you're having... Yeah, because out of the two of us, you're the one that usually picks up individual flavors better than I do. But even me, I'm like, it. I can't really give you a note of anything. It's... But it's just one flavor. I'm, I'm, there's been no transition, no like complexity to it. It's like I taste one thing, and that's all I taste, and there's no change to it. Which is like I said, if if you like a just a solid plain cigar, yeah, it's good to go. But for for us who are used to smoking some shit that's a little bit stronger or more complex flavor profile that you know changes throughout the cigar, it's like yeah, it's kind of boring to us. But you know. Um... But it's still a cigar, so yeah, we good. A- absolutely. <laughs> um, even a bad cigar is still a good cigar. Yeah, this is very rare that I've. I've but it, I've it had was cigars that I'm like, all right, that was nice, but I'm not paying for another one. But I've had very few like, oh, that's just a bad fucking cigar. Unless it's like you're getting a Philly Blunt or some gas station. Yeah, shit, I but... mean, I, I don't even consider those cigars. So <laughs> those are. But oversized I, I, I think it is kind of interesting, you know, because at least. Anywhere that I've looked up this cigar, there's no tasting notes, no nothing <laughs> yeah, on when you anybody's cigar, website. There's usually like, oh, it's got yeah these this flavor profile, nothing. All the websites we were like, maybe it's just us. So we're like, between uh, intro and main segment, we're like looking up the web the cigar on different websites, and no one has a flavor profile. I'm like, maybe we're not the only ones that can't pick up a flavor profile on this cigar. <laughs> want to find somebody that just you know has that kind of refined palate that just picks up on the they're like what do you taste here you know because that's oftentimes like it's funny how you can influence people like be like oh yeah there's a creamy vanilla even though there's yeah. no vanilla in this like and they're like yeah so maybe sometimes that favorite I, profile is just like oh this is what other people tasted yeah yeah i can i can i can see that where it's like where there's no information you're like i can't anything out on this but thing. even like you know with the smoke being in the air normally i can pick up nuances just from but you know like that's why i'm like man is my taste just fucked up because my sinuses are fucked up so i'm not i'm not smelling i'm not tasting right but it's it's very interesting that that or you're like god damn it he didn't say anything i don't know what the fuck to say <laughs> yeah i'm very much like i it, I guess earthy is about the only thing I can I can pick up, but yeah, it's very very one note. And with that, maybe we'll 2019 be... was a very you know plain year. <laughs> no, that was pre plague, so it was like yeah, creativity was all gone then. <laughs> Nothing exciting was happening. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be right back with some science.
tune in to The Con Guy Show. Con, as in Comic-Con. We are Hollywood filmmakers and super fans who cover all the news of the con universe, including the films, the TV shows, the streaming series, the experiences, and the events that fuel your fandom. If you'd find it at Comic-Con, then you'll find it here. Now in our seventh year, The Con Guy Show is a proud member of the ESO Network. Welcome back to some science. Ready to be educated this week. I feel like I'm about to be out of this world and my mouth and stomach and everything else is going to be on fire. Oh yeah, we're going to start it off with a with a hot topic. Uh, we're both uh, fans of, of the spicy stuff and in particular uh, the Hot Ones YouTube channel. Well, Pepper X has officially been crowned world's hottest chili by Guinness World Records. Yeah, I, I, I knew that this pepper was on the horizon, and, you know, like, I've seen YouTube videos that, you know, had gotten samples of said pepper, but it's always, you know, it's one of those where, you know, one person's tolerance is, you know, subjective, you know, it's like, I'm not quite at the level you are. Like, stuff still hits me. Like, I'll power through it, but you'll be like, ah, yeah, that, that was hot. I'll be like, that was fucking hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sneezing, yeah, like, crying, but... Ghost Pepper's not that bad, but Carolina Reaper, I haven't had a lot of exposure to the Reaper, but it's... Now this is, like, just... Why? Like, you know, fucking, uh, what's his name, uh... Smoking Ed Curry, like, bro, why? Like, why do you come? This is like fucking weaponized. It's hotter than bear spray. Uh, apparently, uh, it measures in at 2,693,000 Scoville heat units. To, you know, put that into perspective, like, pepper spray is like, what, a million? Yeah. Maybe 10, you know, at the most, or like, you know, 10, you know, 100,000 at the, you know, the previous, uh, record uh the carolina reaper is 1.6 million uh scoville heat units so yeah 2.6 that's just unfathomable hot <laughs> and and for me like i don't know you start getting into the the super hot and and like, then you do like the most, the most extracts in well, some I of mean, the sauces uh, and shit. Extracts like I, I don't even count those because that's just a you know, I mean all capsaicin Unnatural. is just a, a chemical reaction, right? But at the same time, like extracts just don't taste good. And a lot of the super hots are such a floral tasting pepper that I don't like that flavor. Like I, I <laughs> You know, I can tolerate, yeah, it kicks my ass, you know, the, the heat of a re but I don't like the flavor of a Carolina Reaper. <laughs> and some of them now, just you get like me pain. something like a, you know, a scorpion or, you know, a, a ghost pepper or even better, like a habanero. Like, yeah, I like the, absolutely... I like the burn of a habanero because it, it balances flavor and, like, pain. Where some of these, like, record peppers are just too fucking hot and you know ed curry said you know this kind of 
Pepper has been in development through 10 years of selected breeding, combining chilies with the spiciest qualities, and then waiting for the hybrids to stabilize uh, so they can kind of repeat uh, the the predictability of, of the pepper. But I'll tell you one thing I've seen lately. I'm, I'm waiting the... on, you know what's going to be next. It's going to be the chocolate pepper X. Oh, God. Mm, ch- ow. <laughs> I, I've seen a lot lately of like false advertising with peppers too. Like currently for Halloween, uh, Burger King has the ghost pepper Whopper, and I'm like, this does not even taste like jalapenos. I mean, this is like mild. This is like maybe someone else should try it and see if it hurts. But I'm like, this well, does not taste like, like ghost pepper. You this know, like, we had went to we uh, cooked a Whopper while, while looking at a ghost pepper. That's how much <laughs> we got in this. Like Rachel went to the dollar store or something and found like some ghost peppered, you know. But the ghost pepper was like the last ingredient of the chip, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, barely in there. It, they, it they stirred up, the pot with the. <laughs> it ghost tasted pepper. like a a off brand barbecue chip. Like if you've had Lay's barbecue, you yeah. know chips. Was, but this was like, oh no, we we bought you know the the off brand of that. You know, like there was a, enough heat there to be like, all right, there's something, but it was not like you know. I bought some ghost pepper salsa one time. That shit was legit hot. I did buy uh, Campbell's soup had a ghost pepper uh, chicken soup that I and, tried. And that. I've actually heard that, that that is like surprisingly le- hot for it to just be commercial. Hot. Like I was like sweating and like my like because I can't eat like a full bowl of anything these days. So there was leftovers and the cat jumped up and tried to like you know eat some and the cat regretted that shit. That was hilarious. I mean it was like. What the fuck did I just try to eat? <laughs> oh shit! So I, I know, like dogs, they don't have the capsaicin reaction, but I guess, uh, I guess cats do. Yeah, the cat was like, I, I don't like this. Whatever this is, like they they did. After a couple bites, they did that. I had to dump out that bowl because they were like, Nah, bro. Well, we don't know what's in that, but we're, we know we ain't eating that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's yeah. If you're looking for a commercially available hot stuff, uh, that was was actually a pretty uh pretty legit advertising but yeah that burger king burger was was bullshit uh and uh also diabetes apparently there's a new app that uh 10 seconds of recorded speech can reveal if someone has diabetes if you don't want to wait to go to your doctor and get an actual blood test (laughs) uh program uses available data no more than 10 seconds of speech uh capable of identifying whether someone has diabetes seven out of ten times, or about seven times out of eight, it says. So, yeah, that's a pretty pretty high, uh, um, whatever, accuracy rating. Uh, the team at Click Labs uh, had 267 people recently undergone standard testing for diabetes record a short phrase on their phone six times a day for two weeks, uh, then searched acoustic differences between those who had tested positive and negative. Combining the presence of um, or absence of identifying features in the voice prints, um, basically, uh, voice synthesis is a complex process that requires applies the combined effects of the respiratory system, nervous system, and larynx. And apparently, diabetes also affects those things. Uh, depending on your, you know, blood sugar levels, uh, it can kind of affect the peripheral nervous and muscle fibers and the things that control your voice. It's important to have some good fiber. Yeah. So basically, yeah, 
to, you know, and I know, you know, back when I was not well regulated on that, that if my blood sugar was too low, my speech would get slurred. And if you've ever dealt with anyone in like a diabetic episode, you know, that's usually you, one of the first things. Yeah, like, it'll they, sometimes they will appear drunk. Like if you're, you know, it's so if you're like on a traffic stop and some guy looks like he's drunk out of his mind, but you don't smell any alcohol, it could be having a, a diabetic, a, a diabetic uh, reaction. So I can see where where like tracking your voice print over time could, you know, be a indicator of the diabetes, or if you sound like Wilford Brimley, diabetes, di diabetes. Yep. So, check out the Diabetes app, uh, by and you know for those of you who like to hit your snooze button a lot. Apparently, a new study says hitting your snooze button isn't as bad as you might think. Don't let my wife listen to this because that's the most annoying fucking thing in the world when you're sharing a room with somebody where they set an alarm and it goes off and it wakes you up and they just go right back to fucking sleep and you know it goes off again in fifteen minutes and you're like, God damn it, just get up when the fucking alarm goes off. I wasn't ready. I was like, well, set your clock for when you are going to be ready. Because, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm the type of person, I don't know, I guess it's like years of like being kind of vigilant, that it's like, once I'm awake, I'm awake. Like, there is no like going back to sleep. I'm If I wake up, I'm it's going to be at least an hour before I can, you know, fall back to sleep. Uh, and then by that time, it's like, oh, I, I yeah. <laughs> So Should a team, have already gotten up, gotten ready. Yeah, did all then, the things. Yeah, if I know if I know I'm gonna like snooze, it's like I set my alarm earlier so I can still get up at the time I need to 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 uh, still get everything done. But yeah, a team of researchers uh, carried out two studies examining the snoozing behavior and its effects on people. The first test involved a survey that centered on sleep and waking habits, how many people snoozed, and what the characteristics of these people and why did they choose to do it. Out of the 1,732 adults who responded to the survey, 69% reported that they used the snooze button or set multiple alarms that they, uh, you know, delayed getting up by about 22 minutes. Um, and of the survey of the snoozers, 71% say, stated that they generally did so on work days when it came to, you know, reasons behind pressing snooze. Common response was they felt tired. Um, the results on the snoozing, though, uh, people who waited uh, for thirty at least 30 minutes of snoozing either didn't affect people's cognitive performance or it actually improved it. The effects of snoozing on stress hormone levels, mood, and sleepiness were not clear. Nevertheless, uh, the ability to snooze for half an hour and then roll straight out and go to work, they still performed well and uh, you know, seemed to not be as tired of the, as the people who just got the fuck up and went to work. And people who reported the reason they snooze was because of morning drowsiness did feel slightly more awake after that extra 15 minutes. Which well, I like, I, I mean, I, I used to be one of those that, you know, like, especially when I had a, just like a 30-minute lunch break. And I'm like, I, I can't even leave the office, drive half a mile, and get back in 30 minutes. So, like, there's no point in me going anywhere. So I would yeah. just fucking, you know, take that 30 minutes and... You know, I'd dick around for five or six minutes, but as long as I didn't go over 25 minutes of my nap, like, that was a nice recharge. 
Now, if I ever went over that 30 minutes, and I think that's when your next sleep cycle kicks in, and you come out of that motherfucker, and it's like, what day is it? Where am I? Uh, This sucks. I hate my life. Um, I wonder if, because if I go to bed particularly late, and I know I'm going to be tired in the morning, I won't hit the snooze. I'll just set my alarm for later. Like, I mean, there's the time I want to get up, and there's the time I have to get up. I'm like, all right. I'm not getting as much sleep tonight, so I'm going to go ahead and set my alarm for a little bit later. Is there a difference there with the people who wake up and then snooze 30 minutes or the people who just sleep 30 minutes extra with no like break? I'm wondering if, if that has any, if there's any difference in, in those people. Now that would be an interesting study because I do not know. Yeah, because I, I can't do that. If I wake up, I'm awake. Yeah, there's no, <laughs> most of them there's not. My thing is like, like I can wake up as long as I don't have to physically get up and go piss or something. Like, if I physically have to get, then then I'm, I'm kind of done. Yeah. Like, like, once I move around, it's like, nope, I'm the body. Like, I mean, I'll lay in the bed and fuck my phone for, for a while, but there's no, like, actually. Yeah, I, I may snooze in the fact that I'm not actually getting up out of bed. I'm doing something else for 15, 20 minutes before I finally start getting ready. But, yeah, there is no, like, going back to sleep. And uh, a lot of space organizations are working on the future of living in space. Uh, several companies are are currently submitting like their ideas of what it will look like for people living in continuously in space uh, within the next twenty uh, twenty years. That's crazy to me. Like, we had this nice planet and we fucked it all up, so now let's go to space and fuck it up, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. These fucking humans are fucking everything up when you go somewhere with less humans. Uh, One of the designs uh, they're calling the Orbital Reef, uh, designed by Blue Origin and Sierra Space, will be a space station uh, for long-term living and used for commerce, kind of like whatever Deep Space Nine... (laughs) And tourism. It will be in low Earth orbit with large windows facing the Earth for breathtaking views and will offer amenities including medical care and recreational opportunities. The plan on covering space is for at least to use such as opening a space hotel or setting your own research lab. And they're uh, expecting to have this orbital reef uh, operational by 2027. I think it'd be cool to go high up in orbit, but like being like, all right, I'm up here. I can't physically go anywhere or do anything. Like, dude, I think I'd go stir crazy. <laughs> I know you would. Yeah. Uh, and um, another option, uh, the NASA Artemis missions. Uh, I believe we've talked to some of our guests about that, uh, which is planning to, uh, which already, I believe, uh, launched kind of a test unmanned flight. Uh, they're planning to launch a crewed uh, space flight soon, uh, scheduled uh, for November of next year. Uh, and then Artemis 3 will land a crew on the surface of the moon's south pole and will deliver basically a uh, base camp on the moon, uh, for which they're kind of going to use as a uh, place to build and prepare for future missions to Mars. So basically they're working on building a 
kind of a, a launching pad on the moon to, to go for further deep space exploration. And there is other options. Uh, links to this article will be in the show notes, but that's all I got for you this week. We'll be right back with some news. And now it's time for all things nerdy in nerd news. Yeah. And welcome to nerd news. Yeah, news. All right, in this rendition of news, um, you know we're right in the heart of the uh, the spooky season, right on the tail end of the the cusp spooky. here. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, you know, in the previous uh, main segment about the lack of chainsaws in haunts. <laughs> you know, one of the things is like haunts now. Like, I want to talk a little bit about. Kind of the direction they're all going, because it seems like now it's becoming more of a year-round staple for the larger properties. And I guess that's because if you're going to lease a place or own a place, like it needs to be generating revenue more than yeah, just once per month. It used to be kind of like a freaking Halloween Express or whatever, a Spirit Halloween, where just they'd pop up in abandoned buildings. But now it's like a lot of people, like they own... Or at least lease their location year to year, so it's like, oh yeah, this thing has to generate money like throughout the year, whether it escape rooms or kind of the new holiday haunts is the is the thing I've seen trending where everyone's opening up for oh it's our Christmas or our Valentine's themed like you know special weekend or whatever. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, have you did any of the? The themed haunts, like, I know before, uh, like, Christmas was a big one, but yeah, now, like, it's gonna be, like, Christmas, and then, you know, Valentine's Day, like, I wanted to do the St. Patty's Day haunt, where they get you drunk, and then, <laughs> you know, have leprechauns chasing you around and shit. I think I did one of Netherworld's Christmas ones one time, and it wasn't, I mean, other than, like, kind of Christmas-themed lot monsters, like, inside the house, it was still, like, the same old haunt, they just kind of, they did it, like, uh where all the lights were off and you were going just with like a, basically a candle, like a you know led candle through the whole thing. So it was kind of creepier cause you couldn't, you weren't seeing as much stuff. I've not done the, any of the Valentine's day, uh, <laughs> haunt sessions yet. So I don't know what kind of weird shit they, uh, they do for those fucking zombie Cupid running around or some shit. I don't know. Wouldn't that be kind of interesting? Like, <laughs> Everybody has, like, you remember the little fucking uh, plastic bow and arrows? Like, <laughs> you got to shoot the monster with a little suction cup uh, <laughs> arrows. No, the monsters are trying to shoot you because they're all Cupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got you to gotta dodge uh, plastic arrows. But I, I, I don't know. The, the other thing is, are we starting to get too many people in the world? Like, between yes. traffic and, like... Lines for haunts, like, dude. Yeah, I mean, we've showed up a lot of places, like, got in line as they were opening and probably two hours to get in. Into, I mean, Netherworld started this thing where it's like, you've got to buy a ticket for a certain time. So when we went to Netherworld, we were, like, in and out because we were scheduled to be there at a, at a certain time. So I don't know if that's going to be the... Because they started that during the, the COVID shit and they just kind of kept it because it was like, it, I guess, made operations a little bit smoother where where you know instead of everyone showing up at one time it's like you're kind of spacing well your, and, and i personally like that out. because 
you know, unless you get, you know, a particularly slow-moving group or something, you know, actors actually have a time to reset and, and that sort of thing. It's not just like, all right, we're all just walking through as a single-file line. Like, um, Yeah, I kind of like what uh, we went to Paranoia the, last weekend, and, like, there's there's not timed entries, so you're still going to wait in the line for, like, an but hour at the or two. Same but they time, put there on was a big so show much outside. Was going you know, they, on. Got, like, they got a fucking DJ in the parking lot and uh, projecting videos and shit up on the wall, so they're, like, they're at least trying to entertain you while you're while you're stuck in line. Yeah, like, and that's one of the things that I wish more haunts did, like, um, I don't know, then then it was like a mini carnival out back, which, you know, I think Paranoia's taken some notes out of the Netherworld playbook, and like, oh, look at all these revenue opportunities, because you walk out of Netherworld, and it's like, 17 different photo ops, we've got food trucks, we got, you know, food and drink stands, we've got, you know, the used to just be the gift shop, yeah. now we got games, we've got escape rooms, we've got all these different things, like, it's like, ah, oh, dang it, the longer I'm here, the more money I'm spending, they've <laughs> yeah. got me trapped. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised that gift shop's not just open year-round. Of... <laughs> Well, it may be with the escape rooms and shit they got there now, but uh, yeah, I've not—I've never tried to go see if the, the the Netherworld shop is open. So that's uh, you know, definitely a cool thing that I'm uh, looking more forward. You know, the other thing too is I—I I feel like we saw a bit more variety between houses this year. Like we didn't, like a few years ago, it was like. I guess everybody just a massive clearance of uh, elevators or whatever because everybody had one. You know, yeah, this year like I've never had the opportunity to go, but there is like a convention, like a, like a haunt industry convention. I think it's the Midwestern Midwest Haunters Convention where yeah they sell these prop makers and stuff, sell a lot of these big animatronics and shit. So it's like you you kind of can go and like yep, I've seen. I it may be decorated a little different, but you can start to recognize like. Oh yeah, everyone has the same animatronic. Like it's definitely, I think I said the uh, the antique dentist chair set. Oh, I yes. saw that in every single haunt we went to this year. Was that that one fucking uh, <laughs> dentist uh, office set up with various actors or animatronics attached to it? But it's like, yeah, it's like you start to if you go to as many as we do, you start to see uh, similarities. Yeah, like I like one of them we went to folklore. Like I wasn't as impressed per se um I, I i felt like they were very short-handed yeah it felt understaffed um which... but at the same time like there were so many changes in terrain and elevation and like some really cool shit that they did that i was like you know i remember we went pre-covid and it was a fucking bomb ass house um okay, during the covid years it like a lot of places cut back on staff because they had like social distance and they were heavy on animatronics and not that many people where I think Paranoia and Netherworld are back up to like full operating staff. But Folklore felt like it was still, and it may have just been the night we went, still a little understaffed. Because there was definitely more animatronics and scenes than I think than live actors that, that I noticed anyway. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the... Well, I mean, most of your haunts will run into, like, the, the first weekend of uh, November and stuff like that. So, folks still have some time to check some stuff out. 
Um, speaking of something uh, to check out is uh, looks like Regal Theaters is bringing George A's Romero's Dawn of the Dead uh, for a return of Halloween to celebrate the film's 45th anniversary. The, like, the OG zombie the film. The OG 1978 film, which, I mean, paved the way for pretty much all modern zombie things. So um, folks could see uh, this um, in theaters on October 27th. Yeah. Also, there's something I believe we talked about. I can't remember if we talked about it last time or not, but Disney re-released Werewolf by Night in color. So if you watched, you know, we did a whole episode on last year, the uh, the Marvel Halloween special of uh, Werewolf by Night, where they did it in making it look like an old, creepy horror movie by doing it all in black and white. They've re-released it in in color, which things a lot bloodier in color. It was it was kind of interesting. It was definitely a, a different feel to it, not being in the in the black and white. But it was like there was a few things that I noticed the second watch that I didn't notice like the first time in the black and white that looked looked kind of really cool in color. So if you've already seen werewolf by night once i i recommend like at least checking out the colorized version as well because it was it was kind of cool uh, i'm gonna have to check that out because you know there's some films in black and white that like i don't know for some reason like not seeing blood not seeing gore you know like changes the the mood of a film where in just other films it's freaking just man like, thing looks cool as shit in color th- that touch of color just <laughs> yeah. brings out a life that's like, oh shit! Like there's there's actually details. There's there's one there's the one like Asian uh, hunter who gets his arm cut off, and it's still fighting with like a severed arm. And I didn't really notice it in the black and white version, but in the color version, like he's like squirting blood as he's still fighting. So like you know he flips and like fucking blood goes flying and shit. And I was like, oh shit, that's fucking hilarious. That's awesome. Um. Folks uh, that were fans of Westworld, uh, they're developing a Fallout series um, that'll be available on Prime Video, and we finally have a release date. I was a big fan of uh, Fallout 4, um, post-apocalyptic, you know, kind of Vegas, Fallout, whatever. (laughs) There's been a few of those games now. Everybody needs their Nuka-Cola. Yeah. Uh, But April 12th, 2024 is uh, when that will be premiering. I don't know, kind of like the whole uh, utopian feel of Fallout. Just a great franchise. And Fallout New Vegas, like I kind of felt like that game was... Dude, I would probably go back and still play that game today. <laughs> um, Mission Impossible 8, uh, major release delays apparently. Um, so we were kind of... Wondering like what effects the the writers' uh, strike was going to have. Which I've and... still not seen. The, I missed it when it was theaters. I, I'm I'm waiting for the for that to hit video because I did not get to see the the last Mission Impossible when it came out a couple months ago. Yep. So, um, well, this is the the impact so far on this film as Paramount has decided uh, summer of 2025 now. Mm-hmm. So I, you know. I don't know. I thought I heard some some rumors that maybe uh, you know some settlements and things had been reached. That yeah, the writer strike ended, but apparently they're still the the actors are still fighting it out. Uh, we've not, at least last I heard, not uh, 
completed that strike yet, but it, everyone's saying it's getting it's getting close. Hopefully, so many anacronyms I can't keep track anyway. Yeah, but something I am following is mark your calendars for December first of twenty twenty three because fucking Christmas is gonna be action packed. Fuck like yes. John Woo, you know, uh, bringing us uh, Silent Night. Yeah, I haven't seen a John Woo movie in a while. Like, I mean, he's like the OG like action guy before the John Wick movies. It's like, you know, you wanted to see some cool action, like a fucking John Woo I, film. I wasn't, sure, I wasn't sure what I was seeing. Like, was this John Wick? Was it Punisher? Like, it's like all the things rolled up in one. I mean, uh, you know, and the fact, too, of, like, Dude, I just kind of love how they're doing most trailers now where, like, the guns going off are in tune, you know, beat, <laughs> with, the, with, the, the, with music. the music and stuff. Like, But, yeah, I mean, badass action, gunplay, car chases, like, and it feels like it's the Punisher. Yeah, it has a very holiday Punisher look to it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Silent Night, apparently the, the uh, protagonist gets... Uh, shot in the throat or something, so he has lost his ability to speak, but not his ability to commit sweet, sweet violence. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other news, tidbits, anything you want to share with the folks at home? Ah, I think that's all i got for you this week. Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESOnetwork.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and X at CigarNerdPod, and we're on the YouTube at CigarNerdPodcast. Uh, there's live episodes of the show, and then there's my stupid uh, Tactical Tuesday gun videos I've been doing, which need to film a new one here soon. Uh, get your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com, promo code CigarNerds. Get your shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. And with that, I would like to play a game. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network. Your station for all things geek.